will not be destroyed. Diatonic character, that quality which a melody takes on when the two tones which are four into the pentatonic scale of the same key or tonality are freely employed. I use this term in contradistinction to pentatonic character, and not in contradistinction to chromatic, as it is usually employed in musical literature. Melodic structure, that form of flowing succession of tones in which the accented tones, if considered in sequence, show dominant non-adherence to chord intervals. Harmonic structure, that form of tonal succession in which the tones of the melody follow rather persistently the structural outline of chords. Major pentatonic scale, that scale in which the constituent tones, if considered in upward sequence, would show the following arrangement of whole and whole and a half step intervals. Whole 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 and a half whole whole and a half. Minor pentatonic scale, that scale in which the constituent tones, if considered in upward sequence, would show the following arrangement of whole and whole and a half step intervals. Whole and a half whole 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 and a half whole. The pentatonic scale is markedly primitive in character. It is known to have been in use anterior to the time of Guido D'Arezzo, which would give it a date prior to the beginning of the 11th century. Rogotam ascribes the invention of scales to those primitive musicians who, striving for greater variety in their one-tone chants, added first one newly discovered tone, then another, and another. The pentatonic scale might have resulted from such chanting. Most of the primitive peoples of the present day do not seem to feel or hear mentally the half-step. If musicians of early days had this same failing, it was only natural for them to avoid that interval by eliminating from their songs one or the other of each couplet of tones which if sung would form a half-step. Thus their chants would be pentatonic. Not only do people in the primitive state fail to sense the half-step, but also people in modern environment who have heard very infrequently this smallest interval of modern music. Inability to sense this interval may be better understood when we stop to consider that most of us find it unnatural and difficult to hear mentally the still smaller quarter step interval or one of the even yet smaller subdivisions of the octave which some peoples have come to recognize through cultivation and have embodied in their music. This tendency to avoid the half step and develop along the line of pentatonic character is sometimes seen in our own children when they follow their natural bent in singing. It has been my observation that children with some musical creative ability, but unaccustomed to hearing modern music with its half-steps, almost invariably hum their bits of improvised melody in the pentatonic scale, major diatonic scale, that scale in which the constituent tones if considered in upward sequence would show the following arrangement of whole and half-step intervals, whole whole half whole 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 half, natural minor diatonic scale, that scale in which the constituent tones, if considered in upward sequence, would show the following arrangement of whole and half-step intervals, whole half whole whole half whole whole, harmonic minor diatonic scale, that scale in which the constituent tones, if considered in upward sequence, would show the following arrangement of half, whole and whole and a half-step intervals, whole half whole whole half whole and a half half, melodic minor diatonic scale ascending, that scale in which the constituent tones, if considered in upward sequence, would show the following arrangement of whole and half-step intervals, whole half whole 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 half, falsetto, artificial or strained head tones which sound in octave above the natural tone, sign, a tiny circle above the note, in record El Nawai is shown one falsetto tone, it is unusual to find this effect in a woman's voice, semitones sign, this needs no definition, 
The classification is put down to show to what extent these singers appreciate the half-step intervals, and are able to vocalize it. See preceding definition of pentatonic scale for footnote relative to appreciation of this interval. Sign. Curve bracket above or below the notes. In these records the men use the half-step interval in six of their seven songs, while the women make use of it in but three of their eight songs. Apogiture. These. With the exception of one double one shown in the Bagoya's record G are all of the single, short variety. The singers execute them with the usual quickness heard in modern music, but with the accent about equally divided between the appoggiatura and the principal tone. In the transcription they are indicated by the usual musical symbol, a small eighth note with a slanting stroke through the hook. More dense, those used in these songs are all of the inverted kind and were executed by the singers in the manner used by modern musicians, that island by giving a quick, single alternation of the principal tone with the next scale tone above, indicated in the score by the usual musical symbol, trills and wavers. These need no comment except to call attention to the fact that there are none found in the regular songs of the women. The one shown in record IDAN, boys and girls alternating is in the boys part, changing between duple and triple rhythm. I consider this quite a striking quality in these songs. Some primitive people show little concern over such rhythmic changes. In fact, among some races where percussive instruments are used to accompany the singing, we frequently hear the two rhythms at the same time fitted perfectly one against the other. This is especially true among our American Indians. While it is not uncommon to find compositions in modern music using these two rhythms alternately, they are alternated rather sparingly. A great many musicians have difficulty in passing smoothly from one to the other, preserving perfect proportions in the note values. In noting down in the table the findings under this head, I have put down under each song, not the number of duple or triple or quadruple groups in the song, but rather the number of changes which occur after one has made the transition from one style of rhythm to the other, and has the new swing established. Manifestly it is no special feat to follow along in that same kind of measure, but the real test is the change to the rhythm of the other sort. For instance, in the song of the spirit record I find but 31 measures and parts of measures which are in triple rhythm, yet the singer had to change his meter 47 times to execute these. On the other hand, the dang dang I record and has in it 21 triple time measures and triplet groups of notes, but because of the persistence of the triple rhythm, When once established in the second part, the song requires a changing of swing but 17 times, because of the frequency of changes found throughout these songs, and noting, as heard in the records, the precision with which, in nearly every instance, a new rhythm is taken. I conclude that the Tingian have a remarkable grasp of different metric values, which enables them to change readily from one to the other. Naturally this trait would stamp itself upon their music and I consider the use of such frequent metric changes a dominant characteristic, although frequent rhythmic change is also strongly characteristic of the music of some other peoples. As I have indicated elsewhere, it is important to tabulate it here to differentiate the Tingian from those peoples who do not make use of it. Minor 3 RDS, perfect 4 THS, and perfect 5 THS. These are the only intentional harmonies found in these songs. It is interesting to note that the only examples are in the D.A.N. ceremony, where all three are used, some in one part and some in another. Among some primitive peoples, only the men take part in the songs. The early chanting of all peoples was quite likely by men, 
Probably the most primitive harmony was a perfect fifth resulting from the attempt of men with different ranges to sing together. The difference between a bass and a tenor voice is just about a fifth. Between an alto and a soprano it is about a fourth. The difference in these voices made it impossible to sing melodies of wide range in unison. And so the basses and tenors sang in consecutive fifths. When women took up the chanting, they sang either in fifths or in fourths. These harmonies appealed to them, and so continued in use even when there was no exigency on account of restricted range. Referring again to the D.A.M. ceremony, it is interesting to observe that the three different parts of this ceremony are in distinct scales, and that the part sung by the girls alone, is diatonic in character while the other two parts are pentatonic. Conclusion I have long been of the opinion that the music of different people should be given more consideration by scientists in their endeavor to trace cultural relationships. In years gone by, ethnologists have attached too little importance to the bearing which music has on their science. I am of the opinion that every peculiarity, even to the smallest element that enters into the makeup of a given melody, has some influence back of it which has determined the element and shaped it into combination. It is not unlikely that a thorough study of the music would reveal these influences, and through them establish hitherto unknown ethnological facts. I believe that a careful study of a large number of the songs or instrumental pieces of a people will reveal a quite definite general scheme of construction which can be accepted as representative of that people alone, and if such an analysis be made of the music of many peoples and the findings so tabulated that the material will be comprehensible to ethnologists trained to that branch of musical research. Many interesting and instructive sidelights will be thrown on the question of tribal relationship. I realize that to examine exhaustively and then tabulate the characteristics found in the music of just one of the many peoples of the globe would be something of an undertaking, but nevertheless I believe the work should be undertaken in this large way. And when it is, I am sure the results will justify the experiment. I appreciate that there is an intangible something about music, which may prove baffling when it comes to reducing it to cold scientific symbols and descriptions. Take, for instance, quality of tone. Each one of us knows perfectly the various qualities of the different speaking voices of friends and acquaintances. Yet how many of us can so accurately describe those qualities to a stranger that he also may be able to identify the voices among a thousand others? The tabulation of such elusive qualities would have to be in very general terms. Such indefinable characteristics would, to some extent, have to depend for comparison upon the memory of those workers who had received first-hand impressions. It would be something like a present-day musician identifying an unfamiliar composition as belonging to the French school the Italian school, or the Russian school, and yet, this same musician might not be able to point out with definiteness a single characteristic of that particular so-called school, though I have held these opinions for several years, I am more than ever convinced, since examining these few Tingian records, that something really tangible and worthwhile can be deduced from the music of various primitive peoples, and I trust this branch of ethnology will soon receive more serious recognition. Manifestly it would be unwise to draw any unalterable conclusions from the examination of but 14 records of a people, but even in this comparatively small number of songs, ranging as they do over such a variety of applications and uses, it is possible to see tendencies which the examination of more records may confirm as definite characteristics, while it would be presumptuous at this time to attempt to formulate a Tengen style. I trust that what I have tabulated may prove valuable in summing up the total evidence.
which will accumulate as other surveys are made, and if perchance, the findings here set down and the conclusions tentatively drawn from them help to clear up any obscure ethnological point, the effort has been well spent. Albert Gale. Conclusions The first impression gained by the student of Philippine ethnology is that there is a fundamental unity of the Philippine peoples, the Negrito accepted, not only in blood and speech, but in religious beliefs and practices, in lore, in customs, and industries. It is realized that contact with outside nations has in many ways obscured the older modes of thought, and has often swamped native crafts. While each group has doubtless developed many of its present customs on Philippine soil, yet it seems that enough of the old still remains to proclaim them as a people with a common ancestry. To what extent this belief is justified can be answered, in part, by the material in the preceding pages. A study of the physical types has shown that each group considered is made up of heterogeneous elements. Pygmy blood is everywhere evident, but aside from this there is a well-marked brachycephalic and adolicocephalic element. With the latter is a greater tendency than with the first for the face to be angular, the cheekbones are more outstanding, while there is a greater length and breadth of the nose. Individuals of each type are found in all the groups considered, but taken in the average. It is found that the Ilocano and Valitingian fall into the first or round-headed class, the Gontokidro or Mesatocephalic, while between them are the Mountain Tingian and Apoyao. Judging from their habitat and the physical data, it appears that the Idril groups were the first comers, that the Brachycephalic Ilocano Tingian arrived later and took possession of the coast, and that the two groups have intermarried to form the intermediate peoples. However, a comparison of our Luzon measurements with the people of southern China and the Parak Malay leads us to believe that the tribes of northwestern Luzon are all closely related to the dominant peoples of southern China, Indochina, and Malaysia in general, in all of which the intermingling of these types is apparent. The dialects of northwestern Luzon, while not mutually intelligible, are similar in morphology, and have a considerable part of their vocabularies in common. Here again the Idru is at one extreme the Ilocano and Valitingian at the other, while the intervening groups are intermediate, but with a strong leaning toward the coast tongue. Considering, for the moment, the Gontokidru and the Tingian, it is found that both have certain elements of culture which are doubtless old possessions, as, for instance, headhunting, terraced rice fields, ironworking, a peculiar type of shield, and a battle axe which they share with the Apollo of Luzon and the Naga of Assam. A part or all of these may be due to a common heritage. At any rate, they help to strengthen the feeling that in remote times these peoples were closely related. But a detailed study of their social organizations, of their ceremonies, songs, and dances, of their customs at birth, marriage, death, and burial, of their house building, as well as the details of certain occupations, such as the rice culture, pottery making, and weaving indicates that not only have they been long separated, but that they have been subjected to very different outside influences, probably prior to their entry into the Philippines. It is not in the province of this monograph to deal with the probable affiliations of the Idro. Neither is it our intention to attempt to locate the ancient home of the Tengian, nor to connect them with any existing groups. However, our information seems to justify us in certain general conclusions. It shows that the oft-repeated assertions of Chinese ancestry are without foundation. It shows that, while trade with China had introduced hundreds of pieces of pottery and some other objects into this region, yet Chinese influence had not been of an intimate enough nature to influence the language or customs. 
or to introduce any industry. On the other hand, we find abundant evidence that in nearly every phase of life the Tingian were at one time strongly influenced by the peoples to the south, and even today show much in common with Java, Sumatra, the Malay Peninsula, and through them with India. As a case in point we find in the procedure at birth that the Tingian are in accord with the peninsular Malay in at least eight particulars, some of which, such as the burning of a fire beside the mother and newborn babe for a month or more, the frequent bathing of both in water containing leaves and herbs, the fumigating of the baby, the throwing of ashes to blind evil spirits, are sufficiently distinctive to indicate a common source, particularly when they still occur together in connection with one of the great events of life. Frequent reference has been made to the parallels between Tengian customs and those practiced in Sumatra, while the methods of rice culture are so similar that they can have come only from the same source. In the weaving the influence of India seems evident, despite the fact that cotton is not bought in Abra, and the Tengian method of spinning seems unique. These methods, apparently distinctive, may once have been practiced more broadly, but were superseded by more efficient instruments. The primitive method of ginning cotton by rolling it beneath a tapering rod appears to be found nowhere in the Philippines outside of Abra, but it is used in some remote sections of Burma. Part I of this volume presented a body of tales which showed many resemblances to the islands of the south, as well as incidents of Indian lore, their island in fact, a distinct feeling of Indian influence in the tales of the mythical period, yet they lack the epics of that people, and the typical trickster tales are but poorly represented, the vocabulary shows comparatively little of Indian influence, yet, at the time of the conquest, the Ilocano was one of the coast groups making use of a native script which was doubtless of Hindu origin. The many instances of Indian influence do not justify the supposition that the Tingian were ever directly in contact with that people. The Malay Islands to the south were pretty thoroughly under Hindu domination by the second century of the Christian era, and it is probable that they were influenced through trade at a considerably earlier date. Judging from our data, it would seem that the Ilocano Tingian group had left its southern home at a time after this influence was beginning to make itself felt, but before it was of a sufficiently intimate nature to stamp itself indelibly on the lore, the ceremonial and economic life of this people, as it did in Java and some parts of Sumatra. It is possible that these points of similarity may be due to trade, but if so, the contact was at a period antedating the 14th century for in historic times the sea trade of the southern islands has been in the hands of the Mohammedanized Malay. Their influence is very marked in the southern Philippines, but is not evident in northwestern Luzon. Concerning the time of their arrival in Luzon, and the course pursued by them, we have no definite proof, but it is evident that the Tingian did not begin to press inland until comparatively recent times. Historical references and local traditions indicate that most of this movement has taken place since the arrival of the Spaniards, while the distribution of the great ceremonies gives a further suggestion that the dominant element in the Tengian population has been settled in Abra for no great period. The probable explanation for this distribution is that the interior valleys were sparsely settled with a population more akin to the Igra than to the Tengian. Prior to the inland movement of the latter people, that the Tengian were already possessed of the highly developed ceremonial life, before they entered Abra, and that this has been spread slowly, through intermarriage and migration, to the people on the outskirts of their territory. These ceremonies are still practiced by some families now residing in Christianized settlements in Abra and Ilocos Sur.
while discreet questioning soon brings out the fact that they were formerly present in towns which have long been recognized as Ilocano. The relationship of the Tingian and Ilocano has already been shown by the physical data and historical references, but word are these lacking. It requires but a little inquiry and the compilation of genealogical tables to show that many Ilocano families are related to the Tingian. It is a matter of common observation that the chief barrier between the two groups is religion. And, once let the pagan accept Christianity, he and his family are quickly absorbed by the Ilocano, an interrupted trade with the coast in recent years. Spanish and American influence, have doubtless affected considerable changes in the Tingian. If, however, we subtract recent introductions, it is probable that we have in the life of this tribe an approximate picture of conditions among the more advanced of the northern Philippine groups prior to the entry of the European into their islands.